Hello and welcome to this episode of our patient podcast series where we will introduce you to some of the incredible patient groups we partner with here at VMLYNRX. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Arlene Smythe, Executive Officer of the Turner Syndrome Support Society, a national charity caring for the needs of those with Turner Syndrome, a female-only genetic disorder caused by the complete or partial deletion of an X chromosome occurring in one in every 2,000 female births. Thanks so much for joining us Arlene. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Caitlin. So just to start off with, it would be great to hear from you about how the Turner Syndrome Support Society started. So originally, way back, my daughter was born. Um, she's 34 now and uh, there was no support group. Um, so I started a source Scottish version of the group. We then discovered that there was a slightly larger organisation based in London, so we joined that and very quickly I became the chair of that uh, Turner Syndrome section of that organisation. And then in 1997 we hosted an international conference and talking to the ladies, they didn't really like being part of an organisation that was specifically for children, which was completely understandable. So that made us think, should we be a standalone organisation focusing on the needs of basically cradle to the grave Turner syndrome? Um, and uh, so we um, asked the members if that was something that they would like and uh, they overwhelmingly said yes. So we became, became the Turner Syndrome Support Society as we know it now in 1999 in October. And we started off with a wonderful group of volunteers um, and we all worked so hard to just try and uh, build the organisation, raise the money, um, provide some information and move forward. And um, we didn't quite expect to grow as quick as we did or as um, as widely as we did but one of our um, greatest desires was to meet all of the needs so the needs for the mother of a daughter are very different from those of a lady's um, and then of course nobody had ever thought about the partners or husbands of the ladies with Turner syndrome and of course, there were then the ladies that found themselves pregnant with a baby with Turner syndrome. So there was a very wide group of people that needed different types of information. So we wanted to be open to all of those groups and to um, support them as best we could um, by providing accurate information for them. So that's kind of how we got started and moved forward. Great. And it's amazing that you're mentioning as well the family and carers of people with Turner syndrome, because I think a lot of people, when it's a disease that people get into adulthood, they focus on the patient's need. But of course, if you're born with something, then it's actually the family has to take most of that burden while a child is growing up. Yes. And, and of course, the diagnosis can come at very different times. So, you know, it can come in childhood, it can come in pre-birth, pre it can come prenatally, it can come um, as a teenager, which is a particularly difficult time, and as adults. And um, so the youngest is, you know, 10, 12 weeks into pregnancy, the mother would contact us. And the oldest, I think, is a lady in her late 70s, early 80s that contacted me that had just had a confirmed diagnosis and everything in the middle. <laughs> so it's quite wide. 
So what's the reason for that delay to diagnosis, do you think? Oh, there be our greatest challenge. Although Turner syndrome is in one in 2000 baby girls born, which is actually quite a lot, nobody seems to have heard of it. And we don't know whether that's because it's a female condition um, or is it because of the fertility issues affecting young women with Turner syndrome. So that then would make them understandably nervous about being more public about that condition um, because of those aspects. So we don't really know why, but it's not well known, even within the medical profession. So we have the most wonderful paediatric endocrinologists and adult endocrinologists and heart specialists and things that can look after everyone. But, you know, community paediatricians, some of them might not have come across it, might not be quite sure what to look at. Um, health visitors are often not quite sure because many of the issues that face the very young children with Turner syndrome can be seen in the general population. So it's about joining the dots and looking at the child as a whole, which sometimes with the pressures on the NHS, that's very difficult to do. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really difficult, I guess, both for families and patients looking for a diagnosis, as well as the people who are diagnosing them if they don't see the full picture. Um, so you mentioned that you provide information to patients and families with people with Turner syndrome. What else is it that you provide for people who are suffering with this? So um, we provide social contact. One of the best things if you have, for me, it was a daughter. So I had a daughter with Turner syndrome, but I wanted to talk to other mums. And more importantly, one of the best things I ever did was meet some ladies with Turner's and realise that actually there was a future for my daughter and that some of these women had grown up into wonderful women and that there was hope. Sometimes I felt that when I was seeing the doctors, they were telling me everything that was wrong with Kylie and not what was right with her. And there was an awful lot that was right with her and indeed all girls and women with Turner syndrome. They have an awful lot of positive things going for them. And they are the most kind and caring individuals. And um, because I was lucky enough to see that quite early on, that gave me hope. So the one thing we hopefully pass on to individuals is that there is hope, that it's hard to have a diagnosis. All of a sudden, people are talking to you almost like in a foreign language. They're talking about karyotypes and genes and endocrine systems. And most people are saying, what's that? Don't know what that is. You know, until Kylie was born, I thought genes were something you wore. I didn't really think about the genetic side of it. So there's a lot to learn and, um, and process as well. And at different stages, um, it, it, it can be... Um, very difficult. So if I would share a concern with a family friend, they would say, oh, that happens to my daughter. And I know they meant it in the nicest way, but that was almost diminishing what was happening to me, my daughter, because that wasn't the same for her daughter. And it's the collection of different things. So we like to provide support. Um, and one of our we, we often refer to ourselves as the TSS family 
and that's the bringing together and we almost saw the the younger children learn from the the tweenies as we call them and then the teenagers and then the young adults and then the adult women and um, you know the dads and the partners talk and the mums and so it's basically we all learn from each other and um, we are fortunate to have wonderful relationships with some of the top specialists in the country if not the world and they come along and not only do they share with us their expertise but also they listen to the stories from the individuals with Turner syndrome and they take back that back to their teaching so it's a win-win situation for everybody um, but we also like to be opt-in so we appreciate that not everybody wants to meet people some people want to be in the background so maybe they just want to join and receive the newsletter and know that everything's there for them at a time when they're ready um, and that they always know where we are um, and sometimes people don't contact you um, unless they hit a problem and that's absolutely okay with us because to be honest if everybody contacted us all of the time we couldn't do our job is to give them the best level of support and information and through those stories we've managed to produce a wealth of information that's available to our families most of it free of charge to download off our website that's amazing and I think what you've highlighted there is what we like to say a lot is that people are people not patients and I think uh, that those stories that you mentioned about being told by a doctor about all the things that were medically wrong with your daughter didn't show actually that she's a person and she's kind and amazing which is what a lot of people are and as well the sort of aspects that maybe doctors don't consider with the social aspect and having a community instead of being isolated with something where you don't know anyone who's suffering from the same thing so I'm sure that's amazing and that you're doing a wealth of good for people with Turner syndrome yeah well we, we love getting together we do have the most wonderful get-togethers at our annual conference or open days and parties um, in fact I'm off to a wedding at the weekend amazing uh, where we have bride and bridesmaids all with Turner's it's going to be so exciting so exciting that's wonderful and hopefully not been too impacted by the pandemic either no. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so what I'd love to know is a key aim for your future so always to be there for family for any family that needs us always to be at the end of the phone a message email whatever works for them um, and always to give them hope um, but more importantly it's to have accurate information available for them uh, sadly there was nothing when my daughter was born and I went to a medical library and I read some quite honestly terrifying stuff so I didn't want another mum to have to experience that so we wanted good quality information and indeed one of the wonderful things that we've managed to do recently um, is uh, we worked on international consensus guidelines so that was a group of 66 world specialists in Turner syndrome getting together but for the first time ever 11 patient advocates from around the world were also included and also for the first time ever they looked more holistically at Turner syndrome so they included some of the problems that they maybe perhaps deemed as not 
to medically challenging lymphedema swelling of the feet um, actually causes quite a lot of distress and it's quite hard to cope with. But that had never been really included in guidelines about how to treat that and things like that. So we've got the very extensive guidelines now. So the doctors have good guidelines to work to. And there's a patient friendly version uh, for the families as well. And that's a marvellous achievement. So improving uh, information is always uh, one of our high goals. But also raising awareness. We want to raise awareness of Turner syndrome and, and get people to understand that, you know, you know, for instance, teachers, if teachers have a short, bright, beautiful little girl that can't sit still and is struggling to remember, you know, you really should be thinking, could she have Turner syndrome? And a few health checks early on in life mean that they can have adequate treatment and they can have the best opportunity to uh, not have it affect their education or their uh, quality of life. So that's really important to us too. That's amazing. And it's great that you've sort of made guidelines using both patients and the experts so that the information is accurate, but it's also considering what patients actually need because in the end, what's the treatment for except to improve patients' life? So it's really important that you understand what matters to them. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful when we all work together for the same goal. You know, all too often, I think patients and doctors were separated in some way. And um, one of our, um, so when we first started, we had a, a chairwoman called uh, Angela Mary. She was my vice chair, I was chair. And um, one of the things that we really wanted to do was work together to show that it was as important for the women as it was for the parents and that we should all go on and work well together. Many of the international groups have separate groups. So there's a group for the children and then there's a group for the adults. But sometimes that bridge, as we see in, in general medicine, you know, the transition is a challenge, then it could be the same with those groups. So we wanted to be all working together. But Angela was a wonderful woman and um, she was a retired midwife, so she knew how to talk to doctors and she went round the country meeting with adult endocrinologists and persuading them the benefits of looking after women with Turner syndrome. And, you know, they realised that if they were monitored and well cared for, you know, they would be less of a drain on the, the National Health Service later on in life things were dealt with as and when they were found and uh, that's very much how we work now and we have something like almost 30 Turner syndrome clinics around the UK um, which is quite amazing all thanks to Angela and her hard work to begin with talking to the doctors. That's incredible and definitely it makes sense if you're working towards the same goal to work together to coordinate and combine resources. So, Arlene, we'd love to know what we at VMLY and our X can do to help you with your goals. So, um, as is often happens with small groups, we um, we just stumble along. So, I kind of stumbled into Facebook, and all of a sudden, we had to have a Facebook page, and um, I didn't really know anything about Facebook, but of a social media dinosaur. 
But one of the benefits of having a committee of wonderful volunteers is that you have some young blood there and they were able to help. And then, of course, social media has grown and been become such a big part of everything that we do. And we have this desire to do it well, but we're very aware that because we don't have marketing budgets or budgets for um, advice that um, we could do with learning how to be effective and how to be smart because our time is always precious and uh, finding the best ways uh, to do that and companies such as yourself have wealth of experience and knowledge that you use on a daily basis um, that would probably make the world a difference to us. So thank you so much, Arlene, for joining us on our podcast today and telling us about your amazing story and what we can do to help. We hope to be in touch with you to help you out with your social media strategy. And hopefully we have a long term relationship with you to help anything else you need in the future. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to getting working with you and uh, learning from you and putting that into practice and in turn helping our community for which we're very, very grateful. And thank you. Um, and good luck with the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.